Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, providing financial support to the community for 55 years, promoting healthier lives and the advancement of future health care in our region, working together for a healthier tomorrow. More at bloomhf.org. And from Estate and Downsizing Specialists, LLC, offering complete turnkey service for estate and downsizing clients, from initial consultation through home cleanout to final real estate and personal property sales. More at edsindiana.com. Welcome to Noon Edition on WFIU. I'm your host, Bob Salzberg. Today we're going to talk about the proposed Monroe County Community School Corporation referendum and the uh, upcoming vote, which will be on the ballot in November. We have three guests with us. Two are in the studio. One is joining us on Zoom. On Zoom is Adam Terwilliger, who's the Director of Logistics and Finance for the MCCSC. In the studio with me are Aaron Wyatt, an MCCSC School Board of Trustees member, and Carrie Mixa, who's the chair of the Indiana Coalition for Public Education. Uh, she, uh, you can join us on the program by calling us at 812-855-0811 or toll-free at 877-285-9348. You can also uh, send us your questions or your comments to news at indianapublicmedia.org. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. Well, thank you all for being here with us. Uh, this referendum, ha- there's a lot of interesting sort of news angles with the referendum. But let's start by saying, you know, what is it? What are you asking for? Adam, can you just sort of talk about what this, this ballot question is going to say and, and why you feel like it's important? Sure, Bob. Thank you. And thanks for having me on the show today. I appreciate it. So um, this referendum is really going to support, um, as we've stated in our materials, a family-centered, community-focused effort. And what that seeks to do is to really um, eliminate some of the barriers that families face with regards to multiple areas, but especially early childhood learning opportunities and um, any fee-related or other um, costs related to education that may be incurred by families. And so we've been very critical to just state that we're focused on um, our three and four year old care, expanding that out. Um, we're one of just a handful of states that doesn't already fund that. And it was the hope that the state would a- attack that in our last biennium. Um, they did not. Um, they did attack the fees um, that, that students do um, get charged historically or have been charged historically for. Um, instructional materials, but unfortunately, it, it's it's been underfunded, we believe, um, you know, and that's something that we are trying to address in this referendum as well is really addressing truly free education for students and, and eliminate those barriers of, of those fees as well. So um, it will support the three and four year old care um, and it will and education, of course, pre-K education, it will support the elimination of any and all fees. And that could be school supplies, um, advanced placement, um, college fees, of course, uh, technology, instructional materials, career technical education, any any fee um, that we have that's extraneous, we, we, we seek to eliminate as well as um, provide free and subsidized four year old, um, three and four year old uh, care and pre-K access. All right. Um, so, Aaron, why is this important? Why is it important that we expand our pre-K? <laughs> yeah, or well, that, that we that we that why is it important that you have the referendum well, this year? Well, be, because we know that when when children have access to pre pre-K services, it has a ripple effect that goes throughout their life. There's been research that has been done in longitudinal studies where students who had access to pre-K in in the form of a lottery system were studied, you know, 18 years down the line, and these students were much more likely to go on to college. They had developed greater non-cognitive skills like social intelligence and respect for the rules. And so when people can get into the system and develop relationships and learn how to do that at a very young age, that has massive effects on all aspects of our society. So that's why it's important to me mm-hmm. as a as a parent 
as someone who works in higher ed um, and is a is a nurse who prepares people for a future in nursing. So that's really very important to me. Okay. And Carrie, your organization, are you supporting the referendum? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for, we, as, as chair of Indiana Coalition for Public Education in Monroe County, um, any referendum is a good referendum because it supports our local public schools. Um, Funding has never has not kept up with inflation in this state, uh, and so thankfully we do have this um, ability to run referendum to help bolster our budgets, um, and with this one, offer services um, that are greatly needed in our community, and really make education free, mm-hmm. free public education. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Go, Adam, I, there are some questions about this, and I'm going to give you all a chance to address some of the concerns. I mean, this is the second referendum in a row. I mean, the second election in a row with a referendum. Um, yeah. I think there are, there has been some concern in the community that it's too soon, too fast. Why, why this year? Were there particular reasons why this needed to be done this year? Well, we certainly felt as though this is going to be addressed, as I said, in the last biennium, right? And the last referendum was very pointed on um, last year, which, of course, we were very thankful to to have that voted in at almost, you know, I think 60, 70 percent of a clip, right? We extremely fortunate to be a referendum community and have been since since 2010, right? This year, I, I think that the impetus was, you know, we were we were asking for what we felt was fiscally responsible, and we continue to be that. And we have been since the 2010 referendum. You know, we were, it was 7.3 million yearly as a levy based um, referendum, but we didn't ask for more. It wasn't rate based. That rate dwindled over time and dwindled over time. And, you know, just this past year, um, you know, we, we fixed that to, 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 of course, the 18 and a half cent rate, which funded the $4,500 of raises for teachers, two and a quarter for our, our hourly staff, right? And has really seen, you know, great benefits. But we didn't want to ask for more. Than what was fiscally responsible and we were hopeful that the state was going to address uh, early learning in this next cycle they didn't and we just felt very strongly that we couldn't sit on that as a topic and you know it has that cascading ripple effect as, as what aaron just said so far down the line we we're not thinking two in, in a two-year cycle we're thinking 18 20 years of what's going to provide the greatest effect size on our students we're very student forward with this endeavor and we just felt like we, we can't sit on this and we, we have we have to go for this um, and in a way that is continuously fiscally responsible, right? And so um, you've probably seen that the rate is eight and a half cents, um, which will bring in approximately, you know, eight, eight million dollars, right, of monies mm-hmm. um, in net with other, uh, you know, decreases we're going to have in some of our other levy uh, in, our, in our other uh, rates, forgive me. Um, that'll be a net effect of four cents. And for a, a dollar amount that's $50 on an average home of $250,000, we felt, let's do this. And let's really focus on um, our, our children, our community, providing the service to our children and bringing the positive benefits that it will bring, um, not just two year, in a two-year cycle, but in a, in, in a 20 years down the road uh, kind of sense. And that, that's where our focus was. Can you, can you explain the... Um the cumulative, is there a cumulative effect of these referendum tax increases since, you know, we had the increase last year. So how much was that? And then this is added to last year's, correct? Is that correct? Yeah, certainly. So last year's referendum was really restoring what was originally approved in 2010, right? That that was the original levy um, that, that was approved is approximately 14 cents in 2010. Uh, per hundred dollars of assessed value, and over time that rate kind of got lower and lower and lower um, yearly because we have fixed our our levy amount to seven point three million. And as assessed valuation grew in the community, our rate you know kind of went down there to uh, you know about the the eight eight cent uh, level nine eight eight or nine cent level. Um, so what was what was uh, voted in last year was eighteen and a half cents per hundred dollars of assessed value. Um, that what that enabled us to do was to continue the services that were voted in in 2010, of course, which were uh, all the great programs and, and, and sort of you know everything we do for our, our children. In addition, um, fully funding our, our, our staff and really being so competitive to attract and retain retain quality staff. 
Um, so the cumulative effect is our overall tax rate uh, is is uh, 69 uh, cents, uh, 69.5 cents on $100 of assessed valuation. Of that, 18 and a half cents is, is attributed to the referendum. So um, a, a very large, large effect. Um, this particular uh, next year, you know, we, we, we see that going up four cents to be mm -hmm. about 73 and a half cents uh, per hundred dollars uh, of assessed valuation, right? And what, what's that gonna do? Um, you know, it's gonna fund everything we have and then some with this pre-K program. And um, as of, you know, uh, this past year, we, we are still in the lowest 10% of, of taxing rates in all of the state of Indiana. So when you're talking about just cumulative effect, um, it's, it's not just, um, you know, what is the effect that we've had since 2010? It's, it's enhancing, it's additive. It's it's just getting to what I believe Carrie said just earlier. It's it's getting to truly free public education and providing the best service we possibly can as a corporation, um, and standing up as a community and saying, you know, we believe in public education. We believe in free public education, and we will fund that. And that's what I stand behind, and I believe this community um, stands behind as well. All right. So, Carrie, when you look at uh, this referendum, you already said that you know you're very supportive of it. I mean, how how does this sort of blend with, are we going to have be able are we going to need to have continual you know referendums to properly fund public schools or or what else can you know your group and can the state do to you know and to keep us from having to have referendums every year? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we um, Yes, we will need to continue to have referendum uh, because our state um, does not fully fund our public schools. Um, our, our state has um, decided that, and it's very—it's a lofty goal um, to fund various um, types of schools. It's it believes it has enough money to fund private schools. It believes it has enough money to fund public schools. It believes it has enough money to fund charter schools. And then also just bank accounts for special ed kids that um, decide to leave the whole public system. Um, that's amazing that we actually have that much tax dollars. <laughs> but, but when you start to look into it, um, and you see referendum popping up in various school districts, um, and you see where we rank um, with other states in regards to teacher salary, um, and how we don't have universal pre-K uh, yet in this state, uh, you see that maybe priorities are, are askew at our state um, house, um, and um, they, they should be funding public education better. Um, that's the only way to get rid of these referendum is if the state, because the state controls the purse strings. Um, our local um, schools, all, the, all that the funding is dependent on legislation at the state house, from um, property tax caps to um, funding um, for our teachers, the tuition support funds, that that all comes from the state house. Uh, our group, you know, when when that happened back in 2008-ish, um, the transfer of um, control of the bulk of funding to the state, that is when advocacy for public education had to go beyond the community. We had to advocate for public education also at the state house. Uh, we must remain vigilant up there. Um, but but as we are. At, to get back to your question, yeah. we need a referendum. We need referendums to keep this funding going to mm -hmm. maintain quality. Okay, I've heard from uh, there are some people. I mean, th this is we've had three referendum, right? Three referendum referendums. I, I, I've looked it up. Oh, right? Referenda or referendums? <laughs> referendums your is correct. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so each one of the previous three passed with really no difficulty. Mm -hmm. This one, you know, I've been here for all three of them. I'm here for this one. This one seems a little different for uh, because it's coming so quickly, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there have been some other issues with the school corporation that I'll, I'll maybe get to in a minute. But we've had some, um, some criticisms. The Monroe County Republican Party has put out a news release saying they're opposed to the referendum. And they talk about, and Adam, this is probably for you, it, sa it, it says that, you know, it quotes some numbers. It says 2023 collected 60 
more almost sixty-one million dollars, which uh, this press release says was a twenty, uh, almost a thirty percent, twenty-nine point nine percent increase from what was collected um, the previous year, forty-six, almost forty-seven million dollars. Uh, I'll get through. Uh, it questions some of the spending, like buying the old Herald Times building, some other things. But then it comes to the end. And it said, uh, "This is a question for the MCCSC to answer." All, um, what are they spending this extra 29.9% on? They don't, the Republican Party in this news release doesn't believe that it's being spent wisely. I think that's what, that would be um, very clear from this news release. So is it being, is it that extra money going toward what you said it was going to go toward? Um, Bob, I would argue that um, if there's a, if <laughs> If they're saying we're not spending our money wisely, um, they, they would argue against funding our staff, funding our programs, funding um, everything that goes into education for our children. So, I would I would find it very difficult to believe that we're that we're not spending funds in, in a very uh, appropriate way because we're spending it exactly as we advertised, exactly as we advertised. Um, and to say that we're getting more money, yeah, we're, we, we, we are. The last referendum was very, it was very clearly stated that 18 and a half cents was, you know, approximately 10 cents above our prior rate was, which of course is the excess money that we brought in. And what did we spend it on? Exactly as we advertised. Last referendum was very, very clear. $4,500 of a raise for every teacher in the school corporation, two and a quarter per hour for every hourly um, uh, staff member in the corporation. And 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 of course, uh, 1.2 million for additional uh, staff and, and wellness programs. And in and Bob, that was a restorative referendum. You mentioned that we had three referenda or whatever the plural <laughs> form is. Right. I don't know, Bob. Right. Um, and this is the, you know this one's coming up. But it's it's very important for everyone to understand that like every time we've cu- brought forth a referendum to the community, um, that's been restorative of the original voter uh, approved referendum in 2010. This one is a is a second operating referendum. I want to make sure that's very clear. Okay. Um, with an exclusive purpose of fully funding pre-K. But every referendum that has been approved since 2010 has gone into programs, has gone into staffing, has gone into making this corporation um, a, a place that, that that teachers want to come, that staff members want to, to be a part of, and that people uh, want to be to service children of this community. And, um, you know, it's hard not to take a, a you know offense to, to a statement that, that says that we're misappropriating uh, and maybe that's their words, uh, um, Bob, and, and I don't mean to put words in their mouth, but, but to say that are we spending it wisely is maybe the better way to say that, right? And I would say we're spending it exactly as we've, as we've advertised. And we've seen what um, what benefits have come from spending it in the ways that we have. Our teacher salaries are, are well above state averages. And, um, you know, we're, we're getting, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of teachers wanting to come to us because of our very attractive um, uh, rates here in the corporation. Um, transportation, of course, you know, you remember, Bob, you know, a few years back when that was the kerfuffle that was, you know, going on, of course, with, um, you know, it, it, transportation services being in crisis, as, as in many communities. Um, we're right-sized this year with our staffing and with gain deficiencies and, and other things that we've done. Um, you know, that's just one example of how, you know, our rates are super attractive. We don't see the vacancies and those rates that we had had um, prior to this referendum being restored. And so um, I would say that, you know, to, to argue that monies are not being spent uh, in, in a wise way, I would say we didn't have these monies to, to spend. If we weren't a referendum community, I, I shudder to think what we would be. I shudder to think what community we would be. Uh, let me just read the language that's in this because in this news release because I don't want to misstate anything that, that, sure, certainly, that Bob. they've Thank said. You. and But it, it says, uh, this is the question for MCCSE to answer. All we know is that they aren't spending the money where it counts on students and teachers. And you're, you're saying that's absolutely not true. That's not true. Um, and we um, were spending it exactly as we stated, $4,500 of an increase for every teacher, two and a quarter per hour for every hourly staff member. And it's, it's, uh, it's money well spent. We're, we're, we're spending it on our on our staff and our and making this place a, a you know a, a, an attractive place to to come and work and, and come and uh, uh, support children in this community. Okay, one of the other criticisms that um, I've heard read uh, was a guest column in the Herald Times that talks about uh, not having a viable plan for how to spend this money on preschool education, and uh, the writer included some. 
Um, let's see. What's it, what's it, let, let me quote it. Uh, said that there's a confusing description about eligibility criteria for four-year-olds for the referendum. So the questions are, what are the MCCSC's criteria for designating high-quality private preschool programs that would be eligible to take these children into their program? So let me back up a second. This column was basically talking about how some of the money would be spent on uh, already existing private preschools. So how how is this how is the referendum going to work out in terms of um, providing preschool education for the most kids that you can provide it for, incorporating some of the already existing high-quality preschools, and how are you going to determine which ones are high-quality and which ones aren't? That's, I guess, the basic question. So I, I don't know if, I, if we stick with Adam or if one of you uh, – they're, not, they're nodding their head, Adam. Yeah, no, I'm 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 happy to proceed okay. um, with, with answering. Sure, um, not, not to not to step on Carrier or Aaron or anything like that, but um, no. So here's in terms of the designation um, levels th three and four pass to quality is what has been stated out there is 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 kind of what we're looking at, and you know of course level four being here in this corporation, um, we seek to provide that high quality three and four year old care, right? And Bob, I want to try to get through all the points, but it was mm -hmm. also how do we? I believe you said how do we designate mm -hmm. um, who receives. Uh, the services and who does well, what? What are the MCCSC's criteria for designated high quality private? Uh, okay, yeah. Programs? So levels three and four pass to quality. Okay, right. That that would be it. And I think it's important to note that you know this is this has not been done in this community, and it's not being done really in in, in, in any community that I know of in this state. So this is brand new for a lot of people, Bob, including mm -hmm. us, right? And so when we take a look at um, census data, we take a look at um, who potentially is underserved in this community um, in the three and four year old population, we, we've arrived at estimates of, of up to 1200 total three and four year olds. And so, you know, we need to when and if and when this, this referendum uh, passes, um, we, we need to focus on capacity building in a way that just has not been done before. And, you know, it, it's true of other services in, in this corporation, Bob, like say, our special education services where we're required by uh, individualized education plans to provide services to students, but we might not necessarily have individuals in our employee that provide specific ser services that are targeted for specific students that we have to contract out with certain um, other individuals to be able to provide those services. And, and that's just kind of out outwardly building capacity to be able to provide services, required services for students. In a similar capacity, we, we recognize that we may need to do so as well if all 1,200 underserved um, students take advantage of this referendum, right? And that's kind of what we're budgeting as part of it. And that's why, you know, we're, we're saying that six and a half cents of, of, of the eight and a half cents or approximately six to seven million dollars is going to need to be spent on that care. And so, you know, we've looked at census data. We've, t we've taken a look at sort of, um, you know, estimated um, stu students that may be coming in as part of this. And I think that we're, we're recognizing that that capacity building needs to not only acknowledge you know, services that we can provide, but also the excellent care that's already out there in the community that we you know, may and will need to contract out with. And we would not want to contract out with any um, individuals that were not levels three and four past equality, right? And so that's kind of the, that, that is the plan. That is what is the intent. And that is what we intend on doing in this passes. I also want to point out that this is an operating referendum. It's not a construction referendum. Like there are strict rules by the state in regards to which, ref like what kind of referendum you can pass. Um, and so there's no there's no budget here for building preschool classrooms. And there's the room in MCCSC is limited. And so it makes sense that this is the first step. Mm -hmm. um, with this with this revolutionary program, this is the first step. We're going to reach out to our community. Mm -hmm. We trust these programs. We, they are vetted by state guidelines. There's a lot of accountability here. Um, the accountability kind of disappears. Um, you know, uh, we don't have accountability for vouchers and where those go. But with our public schools, there is accountability. With preschool programs, um, there is accountability measures by doing these paths to quality. Mm -hmm. So I. I just wanted to add that 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 was okay. why yeah <laughs> they're reaching out is that this is operational it's not construction uh, i appreciate that now there's a, a follow-up question on this about um will religious-based preschools if they meet tier three or t tier four would they be eligible for mccsc funds 
Bob, is that to me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Yeah. So I know. I mean, like, I think we have to. We have to vet all of these providers through legal, correct? Mm-hmm. And it, anybody that does not uh, match anything that's a, a prescribed legal process and accountable by state uh, laws and so forth, we we would not be able to do so. Um, you know, if, if if it so shakes out that that's the case, we would not do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Aaron, I want to ask about, you know, the boards and as a school board member, and you can't speak for all the individual members, but the board's involvement in the referendum process, um, are, are there any, I mean, I guess what's the overall view of, the, of this need for preschool in the school corporation that you're a steward for, and is this the way to go? Well, as Adam has mentioned earlier, one of or two of the goals of the referendum is to provide family-centered support, but also community-focused support. And, you know, you can look at it from the education standpoint in terms of how is it going to benefit at the most direct, closest level, the, the individual and family unit. They can receive extra financial support and, and access to, to pre-K but they also can receive access to things like um, help with their technology fees, the AP exams. And one of the biggest things for me as a parent is the issue of school supplies. I, I have three children and I'm paying upwards of, I don't know, one to $200 every August. So, you know, there's the importance of that, but then there's the importance of the community act aspect of it. And so when you think about Again, I had mentioned earlier the benefits of when kids are able to get into the preschool system. It prepares them for their K through 12 education, which in turn is going to prepare them for their life as an adult. And so you think, what impact does that have on the community? You know, we have people that are more likely to be able to um, get into the workforce and receive adequate training because we've all heard in the news about how um, folks in at, at the state level are complaining about how uh, some of the graduates aren't properly prepared. And so we, this is a way of making sure that that happens. And so it benefits our local economy. It benefits, um, like I said earlier, as fr- from the, the healthcare lens, because that's really my area of expertise. You know, I know that Adam is the expert in K-12 care. He is such an expert in advocacy for public ed. But I see it as um, when you have good edu- – when you have an adequate education, it does have a direct impact on health. There's a lot that has to do with education and health literacy. And if you're wondering about why should I spend money on this, what is in it for me, I don't have kids, I'm not a parent, my kids are graduated, I had to pay for preschool, think about the overall costs. Because when we have people and we prepare them for the the rest of their life through being able to build relationships, being able to learn these, you know, your reading, writing, and arithmetic, you... We're, we're also helping them be healthy individuals. And so when that happens, things like uh, health care costs are going to go down. By building relationships, things like incarceration rates are going to go down. So all of those things cost money. So if we can invest, a, you know, a, a, a few, I, I hate to say a few extra dollars because I don't want to come across as if this isn't significant because I know families are at a time where money is really tight. But when we invest up front, it's going to have major payoffs in in many aspects of our society and in our community. So that's why, so to go back to the actual question, Mm -hmm. I think there is, and again, I am speaking as an individual, I cannot speak for the board, but I know that, you know, I know all the people on the board and I know that we are very focused on education. We're we're very student-centered. And so from what I have talked to just because I communicate occasionally with these folks, you know, on an individual basis. There's strong support for this. We believe in it. And so that's where, you know, from from my perspective, I just want to be clear that there is support for this. And so, you know, the board will be helping, um, you know, it provides oversight. And so for the folks that are worried about things that are, how is this going to be handled? As Carrie mentioned, there are various, and I think Adam as well, there are very specific legal aspects that need to be taken into account, but there's going to be, there's going to be checks and balances all along the way. So 
you know, I, like I said, I, I believe that there is uh, overall support, mm-hmm. overall support from the board. And I want to be additive to that comment on on legal processes. You know, it, school finance. You know, we, we very much are. I mean, like our board docs are out there. Gateway, Indiana Gateway, everything is out there. All the figures are out there, and how we spend. And and we we do hold. We are held accountable into a standard of of spend. And shall this pass, um, we will be held accountable to to spending exactly as we've advertised. And we've not faltered on that for any effort we've had to date. And we will not with this one as well. Um, and. Uh, to I believe Carrie said this earlier, but it may have been Aaron about um, the fact that this is another operating referendum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that is accurate. We're very limited in scope to what we can 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 spend on categorically, just as all of our other levy and or uh, state state tuition support funds, right? Of course. And so, um, just to double down on that comment, we can only spend to what we are allowed to spend, and uh, according to various ascribed legal processes. So accountability, transparency, you know, they're, they're all there and will be there as part of this effort. There's a follow-up I want to ask that, but I want to give our phone numbers again, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 877-285-9348. You can also send your questions to news at indianapublicmedia.org, or you can follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at Noon Edition. Um, the follow-up I want to ask, and actually, Carrie, you said something about this before about how it's it's an operating referendum, so you can't be building additional space in the MCCSC. This question um, Mm -hmm. says, how does MCCSC intend to support expansion of existing excellent local preschool programs as these typically are already at capacity with long waiting lists? Is MCCSC talking with these providers about providing funds for physical expansion and or to increase staff with appropriate credentials? Carrie, I don't know if you can answer that or address that or if Adam would need to address that. I think Adam would need to address that, but it's it's a valid question. Mm-hmm. Adam? Yeah, no, I, I can absolutely address, right? So I think that the um, to, to, to speak to that question speaks to what, you know, even when we contract out with uh, providers that are vetted and, and allowable, right? Um, you know, th- those funds will be going towards them that you know would otherwise not not necessarily have been received, right? And for them, um, it's going to be uh, it, it, it's 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 hard for me to say that it's going to expand their programming without knowing how those funds will be allocated necessarily by them to to do so. But what we're saying is we would contract out with them to be able to provide those services, right? So I, I guess Bob, it's a hard question to answer because mm-hmm. I, I I don't know you know what their operations necessarily. <laughs> Look like I know the MCCSC operations very well, um, but but don't necessarily know um, for for potential future um, you know early learning providers what that may look like. But I can say that um, th- those would be funds that would otherwise not be coming, and so it would be up to to those entities to um, to utilize in a way that um, would respond to and, and react to an expansion of services. Okay, let me see if I can kind of summarize where we are on this. So any of the three of you uh, can tell me if I'm getting this, getting a sense of where where you're going with this. So um, the referendum would provide uh, a lot. You would be providing more opportunities for kids, mainly low income, and um, you know, free and reduced lunch kids to be able to have high-quality preschool through the MCCSC or through local Tier 3 and Tier 4 providers in our community. That's the goal, correct? Um, Bob, you said just only those that were free-reduced right. or okay. – um, and it's not – no, it's it's all four-year-olds. Okay. It would be free and or subsidized. I think that, that that's key to say that like – um, the amount that we intend on spending on those students w- with higher complexity would be more uh-huh. um, than, than than those not, and that would be ac- according to you know uh, federal definitions of um, you know poverty level, of course. But the intent is is to to provide to provide to provide, to provide that free or subsidized. Okay, and you can't spend on building any new facilities. It's all in programming. Right? Correct. Okay. Staff, staffing and programming. Staffing Correct. and programming. Okay. And you would um, – I'm not sure I got the total answer to this, but if it's a religiously based preschool that meets that Tier 3 or Tier 4 requirement, 
would you be able to work with them? Or We would only be able to contract that with those that we would be legally uh, allowed to do, Bob. So I, I, I couldn't comment on that okay. um, necessarily. But I, I mean, I, it would just be, um, you know, I, I think that the question is coming from spending public dollars on private. Right. right? I think right. Where that's coming from. And there's no intent to do that. I mean, and legally, I, I, I can't address that because I, I, I don't have um, that, that legal backing necessarily. But I, I would think that would be the intent. Yes. OK. Gotcha. Okay. Either of the two of you have any uh, any further thoughts on? Am I, am I getting it right? You're am getting I, it. Yeah, you got okay. it. Okay. <laughs> it's complicated because it's new. It hasn't right. been done before, so it's really hard to wrap your head around. But in in the gist of it is just we're providing more opportunity for preschool to children in our community, mm-hmm. and it and it will be subsidized. Mm-hmm. It will either be free. Or we pro, like uh, or a subsidy a subsidization at okay. a certain level depending on income. And you talked about so there's a preschool portion of this, which is a, a major portion of it. But then there are also the fees. Can you give me um, Adam? Can you give me an idea of like what percentage would be going to preschool versus this these fee reductions? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, of of the proposed eight and a half cents. We're saying that six or six and a half of that okay. would be going towards the three and four year old and then the remainder on additional student supports and fees. Right. And so we that breakdown is going to be about, you know, about six, six and a half million to about one, uh, one and a half million on on the other portion of this, which does seek to fully um, fund uh, a state imposed, uh, you know, partially funded endeavor. Right. And, and that's just kind of like to, to, to one aspect of it. Right. Um, okay. But. You know what we would charge students on their fees historically. You know the state's funding us at a level of $151 per student, which is not enough um, if you consider all of the the materials that our students have already, the one-to-one student devices, the curriculum, which is not free, of course, that we have to uh, pay for uh, from vetted curriculum and uh, providers. Um, and you just look at what we have and what we need, and it's going to help bridge the gap. Um, absolutely, and do more, right? Um, I, I can't remember if it was Aaron or Kerry that spoke to student school supplies, but that's a very real ask of families every year to go and, and buy these materials, buy these supplies. We're saying that's going to end. You're not going to have to do that anymore, you know? Uh, this back to school list, we're going to have those supplies for your children. Career and technical fees, dual, dual, dual credit tuition uh, courses, career, certif- uh, career certi- certi- certification exams, mm-hmm. all, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, is going to be funded with this. Um, instructional materials, fully funded. All of this is just getting to totally free public education. All right. We have a phone call. Uh, Arvids is on the phone with a question. Uh, yes. I have a question about uh, property taxes and how it relates to uh, school funding. Uh, my property tax usually goes up by two or three hundred dollars a year. Uh, this year it was over eight hundred. So I called the assessor's office, you know, to ask, hey, what's going on? And uh, they told me that it, my tax is based on the value of homes sold in my uh, area. So apparently the homes sold for more, so therefore everything is more valuable, so my house is considered more valuable and the tax goes up. Well, uh, does this... Uh, also not uh, translate uh, to the school. If I have to pay more property tax, does the school not automatically then get more money, uh, in which case I don't understand the need for referendum? Um, so that's my question. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Adam? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it is true that as if, if your rate is the same and assessed valuation climbs, of course, then yes, you, you, you do receive, that's not false to say you, you, you receive uh, more funds, that's, that's accurate. Um, but to the level that, that we need to fund the programs that we have would be false. To, to say that, um, you know, our rate, 69, uh, 69.5 cents is our current rate. Of that rate, 50.95 cents is what's considered the non-exempt rate, which is a, a, a way of saying it's what our tax rate would be if we didn't have a referendum. Uh, it's $50 or 50 cents per $100 of assessed valuation. Without that additional 18 and a half cents, we wouldn't be able to provide the level of salaries and services and um, programs that we provide for our students. In fact, the impetus of the 2010 referendum was, um, you know, the state at that point had gutted our state tuition por- uh, support for students so badly that we were going to have to riff at that time, if I recall, 
um, many, many, many teachers. You're, you're talking hundreds of losses um, and, and not funding extracurricular activities, not funding um, all of these uh, very amazing programs that we offer um, because of the state gutting um, the state tuition supports that were, were were thrown our way. And so what did many communities do like ours? We asked our public to, 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 to fund that. And we're very, very, very fortunate to be a referendum community because there's many that, that, that are not and they're suffering and that they're relying on their existing tax rates to, to, to be able to provide supports. And by the way, without a referendum, there's only so many funds that we can levy our citizens with property taxes. We have debt, we have um, our operations fund, and those, th those that, you know, that, that's it. And what do those things go to fund? Um, it, it can't be spent on, 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 on necessarily students and staff and salaries and programs. It has to be spent on the overhead of the corporation, at brick and mortar kinds of things. And so, um, yeah, without, uh, to the question of, you know, yes, when um, your tax rates uh, stay the same and assessed valuation goes up, more money comes in, but the ki even the kinds of things you spend that money on have to be dictated by the state in certain ways. And so um, it, I hope I'm saying this very clearly and succinctly, but, um, you know, without that referendum, we, we can't do the things that we do in this corporation. All right. I'm going to try to try to address this question about um, maximum levy growth quotient. So I, I know I've heard some comment about the fact that the that the state last year uh, put some controls on how much a uh, a referendum can grow. Is that correct? Can you explain? Yes, that to that's me? correct, and it's approximately four um, percent is, is is what was stated. Yes. Okay. So how's that? How's how's that affect? the MCCSC, you know, referendum from last year or this coming year? Well, it just means, Bob, that, you know, our, our rate is 18 and a half cents uh -huh. and that's what the voters uh, approved and and we will continue that rate moving forward. What it would mean is um, if at 18 and a half cents, we, the, the actual levies that we receive are greater than that, than that growth quotient, then we would be chopped and held to the level that is that that maximum amount, right? So it would just mean that, essentially, you know, the will the will of the voters with with the, with the levies that would come in otherwise would be chopped by the state. Okay, so I'm going to have you say that again because you know this this tax stuff is difficult. You know, you know what a levy is. I I know what a levy is because I've worked in this business for a long time. But you know, I'm not sure a lot of people out there sort of understand the difference between tax rates and tax levies and all of that. So, can you just go over that one more time? Yeah, certainly. So, um, you know, a, a good way to think about this would just be um, a rate is per $100 of the assessed valuation of your home. Okay, uh, a levy is is the amount of all of those monies in in aggregation that we receive as a corporation. So if say your levy is um, you know, held to a certain amount and, and ours is like I said, 69 uh, and a half cents per $100. If you had a $100 uh, assessed home, right? Which is kind of blowing it up to be like a very small example. Sure, sure. We, we would receive 69 cents from you. Mm -hmm. And if your neighbor had a $100 assessed home, we, we would receive 69 cents from them and so on and so on and so forth. And those amounts that we receive um, are are in aggregate what's considered levy. Okay. Or, yes. Okay. So uh, to Arvid's question, so his you know his tax um, the amount of tax he paid last year went up by I think he said eight hundred dollars. Typically, Correct. goes up. I think he said something like that. Yes. Okay. So I'm just trying to decide how. How much goes to the MCCSC from that? I mean, is it so it, to use my example, kind yeah. of boiled down, right? So yeah. if you had a hundred dollar home, maybe sixty nine point five cents you're giving. Yeah. If your neighbor's home was one hundred and ten dollars, you'd be getting seventy six cents. Okay. Right. It's just that when the rate is held the same and your uh, assessed valuation climbs, that affects the, the levies that 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 we do receive. But he, I, I believe his point was, why do you need referendum to yeah. begin with? Sure. Uh, because these these rates continue to climb, and uh, or rather the rates are the same. But sorry, my taxes continue to climb, right? And 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 why is that? And 
I'm just trying to make the case that the only other right. levies that we can impose um, basically and have done so historically are, are items of debt and operations. That's mm -hmm. brick and mortar funds. The rest of the monies that we receive come from state tuition support monies, which are which are fixed by the state and prescribed by our average daily membership student counts. Right. right. So we need a referendum because otherwise we would not be able to fully fund and provide the services that that we can, because I believe is made mentioned multiple times today. Um, the state is not fully funding us already with the, the, the state tuition support monies that we, we do receive. Gotcha. OK, I appreciate it. I just want to chime in as as a community member. I agree. Our taxes have climbed. Property taxes have climbed. And that is across the state. It's not just here. Um, and understanding school funding is crazy confusing. <laughs> we had an event, um, I think it was, oh gosh, a year or two ago, that just covered trying to explain property tax and, and state tax and just basically how school funding and how tax dollars work with school funding. We have that saved in a YouTube video and I can put it on the landing page, on our homepage, and I'll do that right when we get back to my, my desk later on. Um, KeepEducationPublic.org is our URL, and I'll put that there. And that kind of helps people understand what Adam is saying, because it's very confusing. Um, there's a lot of elements going into funding a school. It's not just property tax dollars. Right. Okay. And Thank we you. also have on our website, Carrie, that as well, mccsc.edu. Um, not, not, not what you mentioned, but certainly explanations on the referendum and, yes. and how rates are calculated in all of our presentations and so forth. Today. I agree. Yeah. You're, the referendum information on the school website, mccsc.edu, has thorough information um, to, to, and it has a lot of questions answered. It's okay. lovely. All right. So, Aaron, I want to ask you, because this week, you know, the school board had, you had a long meeting, long and kind of difficult meeting about school schedules, a uh, lot of emotion, I, I would say a good bit of anger, uh, concern. Do you, does it concern you that that came up just within two weeks of the referendum? Do you think that's going to have an impact on the referendum this year? If I were to make an assumption just on the comments that I've heard at the meeting itself, I would say that people are definitely concerned. Um, but again, I, I, and I'm speaking for myself here, sure. right? Mm -hmm. But I want to get the, the really hit the hit the point that this is going to be there are there are there are strict things in place because I think again what I observed at the meeting was that people had their opinions on how things had been managed, right? And so I think people think that is going to translate over into other situations. And I, I don't, I, you know, you, you can't make these conclusions from, from, from one, one event. So, you know, I guess my message would be, ask yourself at the end of the day, do I want to support public education? Do I want to live in a community that will benefit, um, that everyone will benefit when we have better access to um, quality education? And, and in order to have quality education, there's research that shows that getting kids into the system early through preschool helps their their K through 12 experience just be improved. So ask yourself at the end of the day, is this something that in the long term is going to benefit my community? And also be comforted to know that there, for the folks that have concerns about how things are going to be allocated, you know, there are, there are structures in place to ensure that those things will be managed. And again, that is my personal opinion on it. So Adam and Carrie, you've both talked about how this is kind of unique, this kind of referendum. I guess I, I want to ask um, either one of you that wants to answer this. I mean, are there other school corporations in the state that have taken the step to say we are going to provide funding to make sure that we have a very robust uh, preschool program, early childhood education uh, that gets our kids ready for kindergarten, first grade. Are there other corporations that are doing this or is is there a model that you're following? I think we're, we're making the model, Bob. 
Um, and it's not that I'm aware. Um, I, there may be other corporations that have attempted to fund this through for, through various referenda, but um, and I, I, I need to nail down that plural at some point in my life, Bob. That's not a referenda <laughs> I, uh, again, but we're 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 totally, I think, in in the front of this, and it will come with challenges, and it will come with, of course, uh, you know, first mover, right? It's it's uh, it's tough to be the first mover, right? Mm-hmm. But we hope to write the model that others can use to put this in their communities because we believe this to be so valuable and beneficial to, to our children, right? And um, to to double down even what Aaron said about you know just kind of like where we're at with even the monies that we receive with this. Um, a lot of people think you get a referendum and then the next day you, you get a check <laughs> and then it's like go forth, right? But we don't receive those monies until six months down the road, even in in, in actually much much more than six months. Shall this pass? We don't see a cent of it until, um, you know, well down the road until uh, June, July, right? And so, um, a lot of the work we can't we can't engage in until we have the funds to be able to engage in that work, right? And so, I think that um, with that in mind, you know, it's 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 a great step in the direction of being able to to provide these services, and um, we will be um, trendsetting and hopefully um, leading others into to putting this in a capacity in their communities. Carrie, any last comment for 30 seconds? <laughs> 30 seconds. Mm. No, yeah, it is it is revolutionary because it's not just the preschool p- part of it. It's also paying for all the other fees and school supplies. This school supply payment, I don't think is happening in Indiana. It's happening in other states. It's, mm-hmm. it's a new trend that's popped up. Same with um, states passing like universal lunch. Right. Because it was so great when the federal government was paying for it during covid um, that states realized this is this is a smart move. Let's continue it. Hopefully one day Indiana will do that because <laughs> that would be another piece to this whole free aspect. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it is revolutionary in terms of the, the three parts. Yeah. OK. All right. We're out of time. I want to thank you. Thank you all for coming on here and and having a very frank discussion about the, the referendum. Uh, Adam Torwilliger, Director of Logistics and Finance for MCCSC, Aaron Wyatt, a member of the school board, and Carrie Mixa, Chair of the Indiana Coalition for Public Education, Monroe County. Uh, for Mike Pashkash, our engineer, and Nathan Moore, our producer, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, providing financial support to the community for 55 years, promoting healthier lives and the advancement of future health care in our region, working together for a healthier tomorrow. More at bloomhf.org and from Estate and Downsizing Specialists, LLC, offering complete turnkey service for estate and downsizing clients, from initial consultation through home cleanout to final real estate and personal property sales. More at edsindiana.com.